BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 279 on Now You Know. We're brought to you, as always, by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us, bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's really cool perks over there, and you'll be helping to support this show. We want to thank Birch Living for sponsoring the show. Birch is a premium mattress-in-a-box company that makes mattresses and sleep products that are stylish, comfortable, and environmentally conscious. Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made right here in America with just four materials sourced straight from nature. Organic latex, New Zealand wool, American steel springs, and organic cotton. I've had my Birch mattress now for almost a year, and I really appreciate how comfortable it is. Yeah, you were telling me the other day how you're actually getting better sleep. Yeah, it's true. There are so many things that go into getting a good night's sleep. My girlfriend and I used to toss and turn way more with my old mattress. Now with my Birch, I find that we get much more restful sleep, and we both feel more energy in the morning. And get this, Birch Living just announced their newest mattress, the Birch Lux Natural Mattress. The Lux takes the comfort and luxury of the original Birch mattress to the next level. It is crafted with responsibly sourced and sustainably produced materials, including organic cashmere. Now, the Lux is specially created with breathability, cooling, and support in mind, and offers increased airflow and targeted zoned lumbar support. And can we just take a second to explain why we're telling you about Birch Living on a channel about EVs and tech and sustainability? Because Birch mattresses are made sustainably from certified organic materials. Not only are you going to be sleeping on it for a third of your life, so, you know... You want the materials it's made out of to be all natural? But also because Birch is certified global organic textile standard, Green Guard Gold, Fair Trade, Eco Institute certified, Wool Integrity New Zealand, Forest Stewardship Council, Rainforest Alliance. I mean, it's made sustainably, and that's important to us. Now I hear you. You're afraid to buy a mattress from the internet that you haven't even laid down on yet. But you get a 100-night sleep trial along with a 25-year warranty. You get more than three months to make sure that you love it. If you don't, they'll pick it up for you. And I mean, right out of your bedroom and you'll get a full refund. 
The best part is that Birch delivers your mattress right to your door for free within the U.S. It comes rolled up in a box and is super easy to set up yourself. If you've been dreaming about a new mattress, don't wait any longer. Use our link, birchliving.com slash now you know, and you'll get $400 off your Birch mattress plus two free pillows. Those pillows, by the way, are made from recycled plastic bottles. And we're brought to you by BigBattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code now you know for 5% off at checkout. You led, Mary. You did, Mary. So what's this all about? Well, so Toyota outsold General Motors in 2021 in the United States, dethroning Detroit's automaker that has been U.S. sales leader since 1931. And Elon responded, wow. Wow. Uh, James Stevenson pointed out that GM sold 26 EVs in the fourth quarter of last year. That's almost one sale every three days. Wait, 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 wait. 26 EVs, you must mean like 26,000. No, no, no. I mean 25 bolts and one EV Hummer. And don't forget that one EV Hummer went up for like an auction, so it sold for millions of dollars. Well, good. That's great uh, return on investment then. Yes. That's good business. You're right. That's probably how they've been touting it. (laughs) Tesla Silicon Valley said the same thing, and Elon said, room to improve. So for the first time in U.S. car history, look, since 1931, a foreign automaker has sold more cars than a U.S. manufacturer. GM, who had been leading in the U.S. auto sales, was beaten last year by Toyota. Now, look, I know the story in the media is all about how this was because of the chip shortages. But look, it's only part of the story. Yeah, the other part of the story is that consumers are waking up to EVs, and Ford and GM don't really offer any compelling models. Ford may have the Mach-E, but as we've shown, it doesn't hold a candle to the Model Y. GM, as we pointed out, sold only 25 bolts and one EV Hummer last quarter, so no competition there. So maybe GM will bounce back to the number one position next year after the chip shortage runs its course. Now, you could write this story that like, oh, now Ford has moved up to the number one domestic spot. Uh, But again, that's missing the point. I mean, this is like if we're watching a horse race and it started back in 1931, you know, and all... Okay, GM and Ford, they're in the lead. Oh, looks like Toyota took the lead for Ford. And it's like, meanwhile, you have a freaking Tesla Roadster going, uh, as you can see, uh, Ford, uh, uh, don't pay any attention to that. The thing that just slapped them. I don't know what the heck that was. They're focused. They're so focused on the leader. They're not paying attention on what's catching up and the speed at which they're catching up. And that's Tesla. Yeah, I see. So in this analogy, uh, Tesla hasn't started yet. It's 1931. Right. Right. So, so I mean, like in 2008, <laughs> Tesla joins the race and starts lapping up them fast. Right. I get like you. it. Yeah. yeah, sure. They're, you know, f- five or 10 laps behind, but they're catching up really, really quickly. No, that's a really good point. And I mean, that is the way that the media has been couching it. In fact, I didn't even want to cover this story uh, because it just like it's what we always talk about on the show. But yet I turned on the regular media this week and that's all anyone could talk about is, that, oh, Ford's now number one. <laughs> right. And uh, GM's behind but that's because of the chip shortage it's like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain yeah like hello but gm did announce something big at ces right so you mean the chevy equinox ev at ces starting at just thirty thousand dollars wow thirty thousand dollars okay so what's the range there were no specs announced this was just like one of those press things. Okay, so that's not a great sign. But there was another GM announcement. Yes, the 2024 Chevy Silverado. Now this had a lot of specs, and I am really impressed with this. 664 horsepower, 400 miles of range. Now that's not EPA yet, that's just GM says it'll have it. Uh, but 400 miles, I mean, yay. Okay. Zero to 60 in 4.5 seconds, awesome. 350 kilowatt DC fast charging at 800 volts. I'm not 
excited about 800 volts, but I am excited about the speed of the fast charging. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. 10,000 pounds of trailering, 1,300 pounds of payload. You can get a dual motor, 24-inch wheels, four-wheel steering. So rear wheel steering as well. Yeah. Okay. Adaptive air control. So two inches of up and down play, which okay. is cool. They didn't mention anything about whether it would have uh, air hose jacks like the Cybertruck offered. And if you're going to have air adjusted to suspension, you could offer that maybe later. Maybe that's like a sandbag thing. Uh, Multiflex mid gate. Check this out. So when you first hear that term, because it's not a common term, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is middle of the truck between the bed and the cab. You can open it up. So this is something that we talked about with the Cybertruck. Yeah. The reason that we were so excited about it with the Cybertruck is we thought that the Cybertruck might be a boat. Um, and so <laughs> being did. able to get around the cabin of your boat truck would be important. They didn't really mention a boat option. A boat option no. for the and, – and I wouldn't expect it for the Silverado. No, but what's really cool about a mid-gate is that, uh, first of all, you can open half of it if you want. So right. if you want to put a canoe in there. So it goes from like a five-and-a-half-foot bed to over a ten-foot bed uh, depending on how you put down the – tailgate let's talk about the tailgate it gets one of those fancy tailgates mm -hmm. with all those different options i love that this will have 10 electrical outlets with 10 kilowatts of power so you can use it on a work site kind of like we saw with the ford f-150 mm -hmm. or you can power your home a lot of cool options here now there's even more options that they showed in cgi like all these tool chests i don't know if those are going to be available when it comes out in 2024 right now didn't i see you ordering one I did. I mean, I want to share electric pickup trucks with you guys. How are we going to know if this is better than the F-150, as good as the Cybertruck, if we don't get our hands on them? Mm. And I mean, as a kid, I grew up with pickup trucks. That's what we had in the family. I haven't had them in a long time. I'm kind of excited again to get my hands on a pickup truck because you can do so much with them. Well, especially one that you're excited to own. Yeah. I mean, look, this is obviously the game plan for GM going forward. I mean, take your brands like Silverado, Equinox, probably Blazer, Hummer, and electrify them. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, that's kind of a joke to me. I know that Silverado is a pretty big brand, but like Blazer, Equinox. I mean, GM doesn't have innovation in their DNA, so this makes sense. They just said, take our existing brands and electrify them. And, I mean, Silverado and Equinox aren't even coming out until the end of 2023. Yeah, I mean, these will be 2024 model year. And, yes, they'll probably come out in December of 2023. And I'm sorry, GM, but maybe in your little Detroit bubble world, you think that brands like Silverado and Equinox and Hummer and Blazer mean something. But come on, really? I mean, I think the one big weak point that is not talked about at all in this video or any of their announcements is the charging network. They simply say it plugs into a public charging network. Right. First of all, where are you going to find a 350 kilowatt charger? They're not common. Well, the, you know, every so often an Electrify America charger station will have one stall that can go up to 350 kilowatts. This is the part I want to show you guys with these trucks because... Real... Maybe it'll be awesome. Like maybe it'll maybe be it so much better than the Cybertruck and we're going to go like, oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm not. The public networks have finally caught up and uh, you might have to pay a little more. Or maybe you pay less. Like who knows what's going to happen I mean, in 2024. China has 20 times more charging points than the US. I think that just shows you that like we're so woefully behind. But yeah, maybe there'll be more by the time it comes out. But I, I mean, I would have. It, this look, this is an impressive truck, and we're, I think we're going to talk about this more later this week. And, I think we and, should do an in-depth about yeah. it. But to me, it does seem like if you're going to put all this time and effort into getting a great range and rear wheel steering and a mid gate, 
why not just say, and we're also expanding out our Silverado network or our Chevy charging stations? No, I mean, I wrote off this truck, obviously, when it came out. And I just said, like, it's a placeholder truck. We It's probably going to be a piece of crap. And when we did our in-depth about pickup trucks a while back, we didn't really talk about it because we knew nothing about it. Yeah. Now we have some specs. Now we have some prices. Yeah. I mean, starting price thirty nine nine. I mean, I don't know what truck you get for thirty nine nine. I'm sure it's just rear wheel drive, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But that's in the same league as Cybertruck and uh, the Ford F one fifty. So there's a lot to talk about here. I agree with you. I think we should do an in depth. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to be doing that on Friday. Definitely subscribe if you haven't already, because you can get a notification um, where we're going to be talking about this truck and all the other electric pickup trucks in a lot of detail. Um, so you, you can catch that on Friday. Did I see that Tesla FUD is rising again? No, not FUD. FSD is rising. Oh, okay. Elon tweeted out on the 7th, Tesla FSD price rising to $12,000 on January 17th, just in the US. FSD price will rise as we get closer to FSD production code release. Okay, so um, uh, I think that a lot of people ask the question, is $12,000 worth it? for full self-driving and i think that they're asking the complete wrong question. wrong question yeah i mean it's not is it worth it is will it will be, it be worth this is the problem with most americans i'm sorry and it, it makes sense you're talking about something that isn't here yet and none of us have experienced yet it's going to be the first time this technology will exist on the planet and elon can picture it in his mind clearly most of us can't so when he says this is going to be worth up to a hundred thousand dollars you and i are like great but uh, full self-driving beta doesn't look like it's worth anything right now. Right. It looks like stress on me because it's like driving with a 16-year-old. I wouldn't want to turn this on, so why would I pay you for it? Right. And I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, I've had uh, the full self-driving beta in my car for weeks. I barely used it. Right. I mean, it is a stressful thing to want to go like, I'm going to let the car see how it's going to handle this awful intersection. It's kind of like when Elon said, I'm going to reland rockets. Until he did it, most of us said, okay, that's nice. When he did it, we all went, oh, that's priceless. So to me, it comes down to whether you believe him. And it was a lot different when they were doing rockets because they were launching and blowing up rockets. And, you know, most people didn't see that. Most people weren't even thinking about it. Well, yeah, you it. and I don't get to test, you know, full self-landing rockets. <laughs> right. um, it just happened one day. Right. Whereas now that we see all these videos and you probably are out there testing it yourself and you're like, this isn't really what he says it's going to be. I think the problem Elon has is with the name. He calls it full self-driving beta. And so you think this is it. This is full self-driving. The beta to him means a lot because he's a programmer and he knows that that word means that overrides everything. Right. But to us, the consumer, we're like, this is it. This is the program. Well, and also beta has been overused yeah. in pretty much everything. They're like, we're going to come out with a product, but we know that it's not going to be perfect. So we're going to call it beta. Right. Um, and so people are expecting a full scale product. But just like if there's some problem, the company can go, well, it's not our fault. It's right. beta, man. This is actual beta testing, which right. means that there's problems every day. There's bugs that need to be reported. They're working on it. He probably should have called it alpha or he probably should have called it something completely different. Like you should have called it, you know, 16 year old driver. And that way we wouldn't still be thinking of it as FSD. So here's the problem. He says now. Now the price has gone up and you're like, but this thing is still a piece of crap. But again, you're not thinking of the right thing. This exactly. You're not paying for the beta. Right. The beta, of course, is not worth $12,000. So turn on your imagination for a second. Pretend that in a year this thing is full self-driving. And it, oh, I hear you. Oh, I hear you. Oh, I hear you going right now. No, but you don't understand, Zach and Jesse. It does, it's not going to actually happen because I tried it or I saw someone try it. And was, There's too many problems. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I understand. I get it. 
What I'm saying is you're wrong. And I know that that sucks. Hate to hate to hear that. What, what are they going to they're going to keep doing full self-driving for the next 20 years and they're never going to crack it. You really think that the guy who relands rockets is building. I mean, it's just frustrating to me when people can get so far to want to buy a Tesla to put down some amount of money from twenty five hundred dollars up to ten thousand dollars. Now, twelve thousand dollars on what they believe is going to be full self-driving, and then they go, they're not going to be able to do it. Well, then what did you spend your money on? I think it's also because Elon promised this years ago. He said, I'll drive a car from LA to New York, and he never did it. And I think a lot of people are very salty about that. And I, so I don't blame anyone. Right. The thing is, get past that. Right. This is going to happen. Will you be glad that you paid 12K for it? Because I'm glad that I paid 2,500 for it. Maybe you won't. Here's the thing. You probably won't because when you bought your Tesla, you thought to yourself, this is my car and I love my car and I love it and I'm going to drive it. I'm going to, I'm going to, you were not thinking, all right, I'm going to buy this and I'm never going to see it again. It's going to be off making me money. No, you weren't thinking that you were thinking, I love this car. This is everything that I want in a car. It's clean. It's fast. It's exciting. It has lots of tech in it. You weren't thinking, all right, can't wait to get this thing out of my driveway. That's the other problem. Elon's an entrepreneur. Most of us aren't. So when he thought of this idea, he thought like, oh, everyone's going to see it the way I see it. And that's not true. You're right. Most people see that as a part of their family. Right. And it's just, you know, you've lived your whole life without a chauffeur. I don't think that you were like chomping at the bit to get one. Uh, the, the true value in it comes from its ability to make money for you because you own the car. So last week we reported how Ford dealers are adding insane markups to F-150 Lightning customers. Well, now it appears that Ford has something to say about that. Yeah, take that, dealers. Ford came out with a bulletin. Oh, a bulletin. Oh, I can't wait. Exciting read. Yes. Okay. It's come to our attention that the limited number of dealerships are interacting with customers and negatively customers and damaging the Ford Motor Company brand and dealer body reputation. Examples of these negative interactions include demanding the customers who are already on the reservation list with a 2022 model year F-150 Lightning make additional deposits or payments. These actions are perceived as threatening customers by withholding your opportunity to convert reservation to orders. This behavior is not allowable under paragraph six of the sales and service agreement. Paragraph six six states that the dealer shall conduct dealership operations in a manner that will reflect favorably at all times on reputation of the dealer. Other company authorized dealers company, company, products, and trainings used for company, company, or any of the subsidiaries. The dealer shall avoid in every way any bait, deceptive, misleading, confusing, or illegal advertising or business practices. If it is determined that your dealership is engaging in such practices, Ford Motor Company reserves the right to redirect that dealership allocation of F one hundred and fifty Lightning for the entirety of the twenty twenty two model year. Yeah, take that, dealers. Stop those ridiculous markups. Uh, for, uh, well, no, actually, if you paid attention, they're just mad at the deposits that Ford dealers are taking for the reservation. In some cases, non-refundable deposits of $10,000 just to keep your reservation. That doesn't prevent markups when you take delivery of your truck. What? Yeah, Ford can't do anything about markups, just reservation deposits. So Ford dealers are still going to be able to charge, say, an extra $30,000 for a Lightning? Well, Ford could always withhold the truck from the dealer, which would also prevent the customer from getting it. But I didn't finish reading the bulletin. Oh, okay. Well, good. Thank goodness. I continue. There's the no sale provision. Okay. It's exciting read. Okay. In order to prevent the resale of 2022 model year F-150 Lightning, Ford is offering support for a no-sale provision to be signed by the customer at the time of purchase. Dealers may add this language to existing closing forms or create a new standalone document. Purchaser hereby agrees that it will not sell, offer to sell, or otherwise transfer any ownership interest in the vehicle prior to the first anniversary of the date hereof. Purchaser further agrees that seller may ask injunctive relief to prevent the transfer of title of the vehicle or demand payment from purchaser of all value received as consideration for the sale or transfer. Dealers should consult their legal counsel to address any specific requirements, questions, or questions contact your manager. So this is about the dealers not being able to resell the trucks? No, this is about customers not being able to sell their Ford Lightnings for one year after buying them from the dealership. What? Wait, wait, and that's the same bulletin that's chastising the Ford dealers for those, I mean, I guess some of the business practices that m- most people are unhappy about? Yeah, I think Ford is worried about someone like you, let's say, from 
buying a Ford F-150 Lightning and then marking it up and selling it on eBay. Okay, I mean, we see this all the time. We see it from sneakers to oh, yeah, graphics cards. Yeah, we see it with the Giga Texas uh, belt buckle. You buy it for 150 bucks, and then you see it on eBay for 500 Okay, but uh, uh, I thought this was um, America. I thought that you could do whatever the hell you wanted. I, what, what is this? You, well, buy, you buy the truck, mm-hmm. and then they make you sign something that says, I will not sell this truck for one year. What's that all about? It's bullshit. To be honest, there's no teeth in this because think about it, right? You sign that deal and then you go sell your truck within a year. What's Ford like? Has Ford paid for a private investigator to hang out at your house and to see where your truck is? Well, I mean, I suppose if they, you know, could find that the title had been transferred or something. Okay, but why would a Ford dealer want to spend money and time to go after you? It's only worth whatever difference in price you charged. Like if you bought the truck and then sold it to me for $10,000 more within that year. Right. It's only worth it to Ford for that $10,000 difference. So are they going to spend, you know, $50,000 on legal costs and private investigators to go after you? No, this is all BS. It's just that they're hoping you're so afraid when you sign that agreement that you won't do it. But I mean, why are they doing all this stuff that really is not helping the customer? Like, it's great that Ford was like, hey, stop charging extra for reservations, which uh, I'm pretty sure that we, Ford, collected the reservation deposit. So stop that uh, because that's illegal sounding to me. I think it's because the word got out in the press a few weeks ago about what was going on and Ford had to do something to make it seem like they were doing something. Okay, and so it doesn't stop the markups. Nope. Which is what Ford doesn't want you to do. Right. They don't want. Well, we don't want our customers getting markups. Dealers can do it though. The dealers. So it's Vinny Bambuzzolini can mark it up all he wants. This is a topic that Zach and I have been pondering a lot about. Yeah, especially on our Patreon bonus stories. We've been seeing that Tesla has been testing out the Model S Plaid and other S-based prototypes on Nerdbring in Germany, and we've been going, hmm, why have they been doing that? Yeah, and we've been thinking that they've been working on track mode for the Model S Plaid. And, and we, we were, were right. right. Since track mode was launched in 2018 on the Model 3 Performance, we have taken advantage of instant motor torque to make cornering on the track feel as natural as Ford acceleration. This week, Plaid track mode is rolling out to Model S Plaid vehicles across North America. With Plaid track mode, our goals were simple. Achieve the quickest lap time for a production electric vehicle at Germany's Nürburgring and allow individual adjustability of stability control, handling balance and regenerative braking to give drivers more authority over vehicle control at the racetrack. Well, let's get into the details. So there is a lot of stuff in this thing. So Plaid Track Mode is going to have optimized powertrain cooling, lateral torque vectoring, adjustable vehicle dynamics, adaptive suspension damping, and the performance UI. Okay, I understood like half of those things. Right. Okay, so isn't this kind of exactly what the Model 3 Performance Track Mode is? Well, I would say that this it has everything that the Model 3 uh, Performance Track Mode has uh, and more. So this means that just like the Model 3, uh, the Model S is going to be able to drift, which is exciting. So you're going to be able to uh, adjust a slider, which puts more power to the rear wheels. It's going to allow the back to slip out, which is very fun. Nice. But the Plaid will have a few more tricks up its sleeve. For one, it's a tri-motor, right? There's three motors. There's one in the front, two in the back. Okay. So this means that you can get true torque vectoring, um, which is honestly much better than the Model 3, which simply has an open differential at the back. And in order to do any kind of stability control, it has to break one of the wheels uh, with an actual brake pad. I kind of understand that, but like, can you explain it better? Sure, I mean, so with torque vectoring, uh, in the true sense, you can send more power to one wheel more than another. And what that's gonna be able to do is- But that would just turn the car. 
And what are you trying to do when you're racing? Oh, you're turning the car you're around the racetrack. turning the car around the racetrack. So you know how a differential allows for one wheel to turn more than another? Right. If you force that to happen, you can turn the car even more effectively. Does this mean I could go faster into a turn? Yes. This means that basically you can do much better more controlled turning. Wow. Um, so that is different than the Model 3. Right. I mean, the Model 3 is still great because it has the front and the rear motor, so it can control the front to back um, and basically like drift a little bit into the corner and then pull itself out with the front motor. But, oh, I see. But with the Plaid, you can drive yourself into the corner so you're achieving higher speeds. Right. So this is kind of a big deal for sports driving enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. um, then the other advantage that the Model S is going to have over, say, the Model 3 is the active suspension damping. That sounds really cool, too. But like, what is it? So normally you buy a car and it has the suspension that it has. It either has loose suspension. So think like a school bus, which is like bouncy, but very comfortable. OK. Um, or stiff suspension. Like the Model 3. Like the Model 3 or, or a, a race car, mm -hmm. even stiffer than that. Now, if you were a race car driver, with a racing team, they would be like tweaking stuff and installing different suspensions for different tracks and all sorts of stuff like that. But that car would then be stuck with that very stiff suspension. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. You have to do a lot of stuff to make it a race car. But are you saying here that basically I can switch it from I'm going to the racetrack today, honey, to I'm going to pick up the kids, honey. Right. So, I mean, literally, you could be pulling off the racetrack, going into a comfort suspension mode, picking up your kids, uh, you know, five seconds later if they went to school next to the race course, <laughs> which would be a little distracting. And it's active down to the millisecond. So wow. it could tense up. It can go like went over a big bump. Ooh! You know, oh, or, so that's better than just installing a big coilover. It's actually active so you can adjust how how tight the suspension is. Exactly. And wow. we've already seen how, you know, with cheetah mode, it can also adjust the height. So in cheetah mode to get the fastest zero to 60, it raises the back end. So that way, when the car goes, it's able to put more power down. So does this mean we're going to see brand new records being broken on tracks all over the world? I would give it. Two weeks. But I have a question. We asked this before. Why didn't this just come out with the Plaid? Why did it take so long? So we've seen multiple different prototypes at uh, Nürburgring. Um, they've come in many different shapes and sizes from, you know, ones with active spoilers to diffusers and all sorts of crazy stuff on it. My guess is that they have to tune track mode to the final design of the plaid. Oh, so I mean, I was dreaming like in my head that you could just do this all on a computer, but you really need to take it out in real life and try different things. Right. So, I mean, I think you get a race car driver, you, you know, you go, all right, uh, take turn three. How'd that feel? Oh, it felt a little loose. Okay, well, uh, we're going to, we're going to adjust that a little bit. And I think that they spent months tweaking it, yeah. getting it just so. And I think that this is frankly awesome. I mean, they're able to do this all over the air and you have so much control over the car. Well, you know what's also cool is that the Plaid came out, broke a bunch of records, and now it's going to do it again. Yes. Like, so it's just you same extend, car. You extend the story. Right. And same it, car, same hardware. Yeah. And it's just like getting a present every time you go out to your car. Exactly. And by the way, for those of you not in the Tesla world, uh, that that can all happen with an over-the-air update. So, I mean, it's not like you have to bring it down to a Tesla dealer. Right. Um, just come out to your garage one morning, and it's a brand new car. It'll do it over Wi-Fi. Yeah. Okay, so Microlino, the tiny EV company, has just unveiled a new look for its soon to be produced car. Okay, hang on, I'm just looking. So these are the two, there's one's the old one and one's the new one. Mm -hmm. Which one's the old one? Um, the blue one. Okay, and which one's the new one? The green one. Okay, aren't those the same car? Well, that's because the changes are under the hood. Oh, okay. 
And so in this case, the hood is the front door to the car. So you mean the changes are inside the interior? No, I, you know, I, I mean, I mean to the chassis. So oh, okay. um, Microlino has finished the final design of uh, and they're going into production. And so they've changed the chassis from their prototype um, to now a full unibody. And they have a production lineup and running that is going to be producing these. So we're going to be seeing this car um, coming towards the end of this year. This is arguably one of the cutest cars I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's based on the BMW IZETA, um, which was like a 1950s bubble car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think they're set for a comeback here. I mean, it's the only car I've ever seen where you get in through the front. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is a two person car and you can buy this with with varying ranges. This goes all the way down to about 76 miles. I mean, it's obviously an urban car, but it's perfect for so many use cases. Yeah, I think any urban center, it'd be so fun to own a car. like. Do you think we could fit it in the back of the Rivian? I don't know. (laughs) It is now my great honor to announce. Quiet down. I can't hear the announcement. Please Please keep it down. We're trying to make an announcement. Sorry, we were just excited about the announcement. Like I was saying, it is now my great honor to announce the official announcer for the announcement. What? What did he say? They're announcing the guy who's going to make the announcement. Thanks. I'm the official announcer for the Volkswagen announcement. Is there more? Are you going to announce something? Yes. There will be a very important announcement on March the 9th. And? And what? What's going to be announced on March the 9th? We will be announcing the launch of the VW electric minibus. Didn't we already see that already? No. No, you haven't. We've only shown it with camouflage on it. You have not seen the official announcement. No, I think we have a pretty good idea of what you're talking about. No. No, you don't. Here, check this out. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've seen that already. Why are you wasting our time with these stupid announcements? They're not stupid. They're important. They're important. How would anyone know we're going to launch anything unless we announce it? Didn't your CEO just tweet it? Yeah, but this is how we get press attention. We invite all you guys to this integrated media event and schmooze you with embargoed press releases. But isn't this just a one-hour Zoom call? Couldn't I be playing with my kids right now? Yeah, so break out your calendars, folks. Clear off March the 9th, because VW wants to have your full attention unveiling the ID Buzz Electro Microbus, which they unveiled, by the way, at the Detroit Auto Show in 2017. And listen, back then I was really excited about it. But as we talked about before, uh, VW's new design has kind of uh, killed it for me. Yeah, I mean, let us know how you feel down in the comments. But I mean, I think they just made it worse. I mean, I really hope that I'm wrong and that this is just some kind of camouflaged microbus and that the design we fell in love with five years ago is under there somewhere. But I think they just kept futzing with it. And I think that like when you hire a new designer, they can't just be like, well, that was great. I'm th- great. That's what we're going to do. I won't do. touch anything. They go, well, obviously we need new lines. We need new lines everywhere. I'm about to redesign the whole thing. Stop from scratch. Um, I want to take a cargo van and not change anything about that. Is I there- want that real... 1990s minivan look <laughs> if we can get it. I want to I really want to come out on March 9th and apologize to VW. I want to go I want to come out and be like, "I'm so sorry. I didn't have faith in you guys." I will I, by the I, way. If if it oh, looks yeah. like what I think we all agree was a great looking mi- microbus, then I will apologize cuz we've all been waiting for that The microbus. original concept look in fact, I'll go one step further. If you go back to the 1960s microbus uh-huh. and just electrify that, I'll be happy. You could scale it up by like five, ten percent, yeah, and it would it would fit exactly. And, mo- and everyone, everyone, I, would VW, be happy. VW, are you listening? 
everyone would love it yes. because it's so it's like classic. Why do all these car companies go like, well, what's our what's our good brand right now? And they're like, I know it's the Equinox. And it's like, no. How about go back in time, yeah. pull something from the past where it's like everyone loved I, that. I can car. prove your point. OK. Do you remember the PT Cruiser? OK. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying it's a great looking car, but it, it it pulled back from older design look sensibility and it got older Americans to fall in love with it. And true. they did. They bought it like crazy. Yeah. And so I'm saying, yes, it wasn't a great car. It wasn't a great car. But, but the yes. style yes. sold a lot of people, even though it wasn't that great. And this shows you how important design is. Yeah. I mean, look back at our Microlino story. It's not that a four wheel small electric vehicle is the bomb like there's a lot of them but if it looks really cute or cool or whatever like that captures our imagination and we want it so if you want vw to go back to the 1960s design or at least their concept hit the like button um because then we can when we're talking to volkswagen uh, which i'm sure we're going to do in the future we can say hey remember that video look at how many likes it had and by talking do you mean <laughs> Just hit the like button. Yeah. Worst case, it helps out the growth of this channel. And thank you to Cybertruck Owners Club. They sponsor our show. There you can find a crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update and you can find your place in line because there's 1.3 million of you and you want to know where you're at. You can check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. So Ethan and I just finished our review of the Segway C80 electric moped. Wow, that's really good looking. Yeah. Rev Rides was kind enough to let us test it out. It's a really great ride. It's super comfortable and relaxed. So what's the range? Well, you should check out our review for that. Okay, so where do I find that? That's over on our Now Let's Review channel. We cover all sorts of personal e-mobility products over there from e-mopeds, scooters, longboards, e-bikes, and more. So that's Now Let's Review. Yeah, and I really like the Segway C80. And I want to thank RevRide for helping us out with that review, but also for having excellent customer support to our viewers. Yeah, I mean, it really helps to have an American company that you can call if you ever run into trouble or if you have questions with your e-mobility products. Because you and I have realized this. So many of these are made in China, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. But then if you have a question or a problem... You uh, don't really want to be dealing with a Chinese company. Right. I mean, you're you're off by 12 hours, first of all. <laughs> and then there's a communication, you know, difficulties. Mm -hmm. Having an American company that you can find out where to get it serviced or have questions is so nice. And it's also great because you can get these guys on the phone and they're super friendly. And they have a great discount to our viewers, which you can find that code over on our review on the Knowledge Review channel. Now, I just do want to talk about the C80 for a second. I've had so many people ride it, including myself. And it's so different than our other bikes that we've reviewed because it's... It's a scooter. And for most of us, unless you've ridden an ice scooter, you know, a gas powered scooter, it's kind of been a dream of mine ever since I was a kid going to Europe, seeing Vespas to be like, I'm going to have one of those. And as a kid, I did. When I was 16, I got a, you know, gas powered scooter and it was so much fun. But I got to say, this is so much better. Yeah, it's silent. Yeah, my old one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should definitely check out the review. We had a blast testing it out for you. And so many people that have tried it, you know, my sister's written on it, all my friends have written on it. Everyone loves it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go check out the review because this might be something that if you weren't interested in some of our other things that we've reviewed, this might be the one. Yeah, and spring is just around the corner. All right, you can't call it autopilot, but I guess you can stick other words in front of the word pilot. <laughs> yeah, Volvo announced last week that they are going to launch Ride Pilot, 
later this year in California. Volvo's head of R&D, Mats Moberg, said we are proud to announce the planned U.S. launch of our first truly unsupervised autonomous driving feature as we look to set a new industry standard for autonomy without compromising safety. Having Zensac's brand new AD software and Luminar's LiDAR standard in our new fully electric SUV is a game changer for Volvo cars, as well as for automotive safety and autonomous driving. Okay, so this video isn't really showing us much except that the car will have 25 sensors, which is a lot, and zero collisions. Is that there have been zero collisions or there will be zero collisions? I mean, I love autonomy, uh, but I think you might be setting expectations a little high there, Volvo. I mean, zero collisions. But to be fair, Volvo has been testing autonomous cars in Sweden and London since 2014. Volvo says it plans to have Ride Pilot on the road this summer and in the hands of customers soon after that. So, I mean, I'm excited. It again shows that many smart minds are working on what is arguably one of the most challenging engineering problems today. But I don't think this is like gonna be for the average customer i mean they said it's 25 sensors i mean if you throw that's enough lidars called, on there that's called money yeah i don't think they said they're gonna do the cheapest solution <laughs> but i mean if, if you can't do it for everyone then it's not really a solution is it yeah i don't know what they're going after here and i don't know if we're gonna just see this in certain slow neighborhoods or something chandler arizona yeah i think that might be it anyway no this is gonna be in california but you know, is it going to be another Waymo where it's driving around in San Francisco? I don't know. But look, I don't I don't want to be negative. Like, I'm excited. I want to see companies trying this. I, I am a little bit skeptical, but I'd love to be proven wrong. So Claudio tweeted out, Tesla's Model 3 is the number one car sold in Switzerland for 2021. All vehicles, including ICE and PHEV. Great job to Elon and team. And Elon said, yay, Switzerland. And so get this, not just Switzerland, the UK too. Well, almost. So battery electric vehicles or BEV sales in the UK in 2021 went bonkers. Already in 2020, BEVs made up 6.6% of car sales. But in 2021, that number went up to 11.6. Yeah. So as you can see in this chart here from the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, petrol powered cars dipped below 50% of market share to 46% of the market. And take a look at diesel. Wow. Cut in half. Yeah. And the Tesla Model 3 has decimated the EV competition in the UK last year. Look at this chart. <laughs> wow. And even compared to all other powered cars, doesn't matter if it's ICE or anything, the Tesla Model 3 came in second place in the UK in 2021. Yeah. And don't forget, Tesla Model Y hasn't even hit the UK yet. So, I mean, just wait till Giger Berlin. Yeah. I'm so excited for this year, Tesla. I mean, Tesla's already crushing it. And they could be doing a little bit more. Yeah. So let's talk about solar roof shingles. Oh, there's some new development with Tesla solar roof finally. Uh, not Tesla. GAF. GAF just revealed their own solar roof shingle, the Timberline Solar Shingle. It's a class F shingle. So that means wind speeds up to 110 miles an hour. It operates in temperatures from minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit to 122 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and each shingle weighs 10.1 pounds and measures 64 by 17 by one inch. Wow, those are long panels. Now, who's GAF? Well, they're one of the biggest roofing manufacturers in the country. So there's 5 million US roofs that are re-roofed every year, okay. and GAF re-roofs one fourth of those. So over a million roofs a year. Wow, okay, so these this is a company that makes like roof shingles and all that kind of product. All the stuff you need for your roof, yeah. Wow, okay. And GAF says it should cost half of the Tesla solar roof. Whoa. Shots fired. Um, okay, so I see that they connect 
the like all the electrical connections up in a line and then they cover those connections mm-hmm. um so it doesn't look exactly the same as like the tesla solar roof true i mean there's so much to talk about here um you and i have been installing roofs together before so we <laughs> actually have on a roof we have a lot of experience um and i think we should discuss this further on patreon bonus stories because there's a lot of points i want to get to okay so yeah join us over on the patreon bonus stories head over to patreon.com slash now you know and uh sign up for a buck a month you can check it out yeah Get some roofing tips. So we brought you the story months back when Tesla was first building this 81 megapack project in Angleton, Texas. Now it's online and ready for work. Remember that each megapack stores three megawatt hours of energy. That's 200 times what a power wall can store. So let's do some math. 81 times three megawatt hours is 243 megawatt hours of energy storage. Using the four hour rule, this can supply about 20,000 homes with power during a power outage. And the four hour rule obviously is that a battery can't store power forever. And so when you're doing the basic engineering of a battery storage system, you kind of have to apply some amount of time. Like how long is this battery going to be needed for? Most power outages last less than four hours. So you multiply it by four. Okay, so a mega pack costs about a million dollars and then there's installation but this is i mean cheap insurance for utilities yeah i mean let's do the math say a hundred million dollars for this twenty thousand household battery that Mm -hmm. tesla installed amortize it over say 10 years okay so that would be five hundred dollars a year per household to ensure that no households lose power and it allows you to install wind and solar onto that microgrid so i mean this is this is great this is like having um you know like a power wall in your house except it's on the grid but here's the problem The utilities have no incentive to do this. What do you mean? Well, what does the utility care if you have a power outage here and there? I mean, do you pay them less? Uh, Well, I mean, you're not paying them for the electricity (laughs) during the outage. True. But other than that, they don't really feel any pain if they can't give you power 100% of the time. Right. And you're not going to pay them more if they install this. You're not going to like send them a bonus, are you? I mean, can't you like call them up and say, hey, all my groceries went bad. You owe me money. You can call your insurance company. So that's what I mean. We have a system that was set up wrong, in my opinion, because you got a monopoly, right? I mean, this is America, and yet we've got a monopoly. Most places you can't choose, like, "Mm, I'll choose Jesse's power company over Zach's power company. Well, and you you can choose, like, your power provider, but you can't choose your grid. Right. Right. It's not like you'd be like, actually, I don't want national grid. They're like, well, we have all the The power lines, so you're going to pay us. Right. So there's no incentive there. And then you have a Department of Public Utilities, you know, state level uh, government group that regulates this. The famous one. ERCOT. 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 Um, Yeah, Texas has their own. But uh, that didn't work very well for you, did it, Texas? So there's no incentive to make sure that things are done well. And that's kind of what I'm saying here is like, uh, that's why I think with Tesla becoming a power utility, we're going to see options. Because there's a little bit more incentive if Tesla is the power utility because they can actually sell you products. Right. Yeah. I mean, having a power wall in your house empowers you in so many ways. It allows you to, even if, for instance, this happened to us during a show. Do you remember that? Yep. Tree came down, hit just our line to the street. Yeah. Normally, and this has happened before because we live in a very tree-centric place, we, we've just lost power for about a week, yep. right? Because they mm-hmm. have to, oh, yeah, well, we don't have anyone in the area because we didn't, we weren't expecting a storm or anything. Right. And, uh, or if there is a storm, it's our last priority to fix your one house as yep. opposed to like Main Street. So we were super lucky to be on power walls because it kicked in like that. Mm-hmm. The camera kept rolling. It's plugged into the wall. Yeah. Um, so everything kept working. That is the advantage of having distributed 
energy storage, yeah. along with distributed power generation. Because for the week that we had to wait for National Grid to come fix it, we had solar on the roof, which was charging the battery pack. This goes to our book club. Uh, you should join us on Patreon. We're reading a book about Lights Out by yeah. Ted Koppel right now. Yeah. And we have a lot to talk about in that yes, book club meeting. So if you're a classic car guy, you've probably already heard of this amazing converted 1972 Plymouth Satellite. It's got all the bells and whistles. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care about the bells and whistles. I want to know what's under the hood. It's a Model S ludicrous rear drive unit and a 100 kilowatt hour Model S battery pack. So this is just a Tesla with a body kit. Um, No, it's hmm. I mean, I don't know. Kind of. How embarrassing for Stellantis, though. Wait, what? You know, Plymouth made by Chrysler, which was bought and divested from Daimler, bought by Fiat, conglomerated into Stellantis. Wow. Is that really how that happened? <laughs> yeah. And I think they should be embarrassed that the owner of this car, Kevin, had basically zero options to choose from Mopar. What's Mopar? Motor Parts. Remember 1937, the company that supplied Chrysler with all their parts? And I mean, they don't have any electric vehicles to... Well, I mean, that's not true. There's the Fiat 500E. So let me just see if you can find a Mopar part for the 500E. Okay. No, uh, you can't order the motor for that. So that's discontinued. So, I mean, it's embarrassing that Tesla put these car brands to shame with the Model S and then the Model 3. And then Stellantis claims that they're going to have some upcoming EVs. But before they can even do that, a guy in his garage uh, converts a classic like this into something way better than almost every other Stellantis vehicle out there in terms of performance. All thanks to Tesla. Yeah, I mean, it is it is embarrassing. Yeah, because, I mean, if Kevin had, had the choice, he probably would have been like, I'm going to put a Mopar motor in here. Right. And there was no, like, expense spared on this car. It's, no. it, that's not what you do with classic cars. No. You pour money into them. So if Mopar just had, hey, oh, you want our conversion kit? Oh, you want what size motor would you like? What power of motor would you like? You want a battery pack? Do you want one that fits in the back of the 1972 Plymouth Satellite or, or one that just basically fits in any trunk? No, they don't have anything. They have nothing. They have zero, nothing at all. They don't have any parts. They don't have any. So, I mean, first of all, great job to Kevin on this build. Um, yeah, go watch the um, Rich Rebuilds video that shows the, the the build and they drove it. I mean, Stephen and, and Rich had a great time with this. Yeah. Um, and the exciting part to me is, look, it took Kevin a year and a half, but he wasn't spending every moment on it. He said he was lucky if he spent like a you know a few days here and there. Mm -hmm. A guy who had never done an EV conversion in his life came out with what is arguably one of the best EV conversions on the planet. Right. And this is exciting because this is a preview of the future. Yeah. Well, and how sad is it, though, that it's it's all Tesla stuff? Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, I found this cool. Nope. I just took a Model S and put it in the car. And of course, it's going to be the coolest thing yeah. because it already is arguably the coolest car. You just made it look different. Yeah. Again, if this was a movie or a book, you'd be like, God, dude, you can't write it like this. Like this is overkill. <laughs> right. You already have that that fictional car company exceeding the capabilities of all the other car companies. Right. And then you choose like arguably one of the smaller car companies and you have like one of their classic cars get converted using that technology. Like that's just embarrassing. Yeah. 12 second quarter mile time. <laughs> In a car this big. Right. It actually weighs less now than a Model S. Wow. Yeah. So GM has acquired a 25% ownership of Seattle-based Pure Watercraft a couple months ago. And now at CES, we're seeing one of Pure Watercraft's first products. Something, by the way, that I've been waiting for, an all-electric pontoon boat. 
I think this is pretty much an American thing. I mean, Europeans weigh in here. Comment below. I don't recall seeing these in Europe on my travels, but maybe I wasn't focused on lakes and stuff. But anyway, here in the U.S., pontoon boats are very popular, especially on ponds and lakes because they're fun for families to hang out on. They're nice and big, stable platforms. You can have cookouts. You can watch fireworks. You can go fishing. You can go hunting. Right. And they don't have to have the specs right you know they're they, just they're for lazy you know hanging out right. and having a good they time don't ha- they're not really that seaworthy there's no real waves right. except for that that other guy with the speedboat that's there's nothing really that you need to worry about with right. a pontoon boat it just floats um but so this, this is an electric one yeah here are the specs uh 25 feet seats 10 top speed is 20 knots which is actually i think faster than you need it comes with either a single or a twin pure outboard system motor you got to change the name of that by the way. Pure outboard system motor. Well, because you're going to abbreviate it. Okay. Good call. GM battery pack up to 66 kilowatt hours. Now, here's my question. That's not a bolt pack, is it? Hopefully it's an Ultium. (laughs) But here's the thing. I did a little research. The pontoon boat market has taken off since COVID hit. Hmm. It was up 20% last year to over $2 billion market. It's now expected to double in the next six years as more and more families are like, what can we do to pass the time? Okay. Okay. But, but... What is the price? $45,000 for the single motor, $60,000 for the double and the big battery. They are now taking $100 pre-orders on their website. Okay. And what's the range? The range really depends on the use case. Here's a chart showing different things that you do. You don't really take a pontoon boat for long distances usually. You just hang out. So it's Mm -hmm. more about like, I mean, you just putt around a lake. I don't think it really needs a big range. I mean, did you? why does it need a 66 kilowatt hour battery pack? I mean, some people take them to go like hunting and stuff. And so maybe if you're going deep into the Everglades or wherever you go okay. pontooning there, I don't know. But like, and you know, you can do them on ocean bays, you know, Miami Bay or something. Sure. Okay. And then $45,000, isn't that? And $60,000, isn't that way expensive? It's a little pricey. I mean, I was pricing out, you can get a regular combustion engine pontoon boat starting around 20,000. So yeah, that's a little more, but no maintenance. That's true. No, I mean, there's no, oh yeah. And no refueling and none of the smell and none of the noise. I mean, when you're hanging out with your family, most of the times you shut off the engine and drift because you don't want to have the engines running. I mean, that's pretty interesting. And it's also interesting that GM acquired 25% of them because then they were able to use, uh, to show it being towed by the Chevy Silverado. That was really smart marketing. Really smart marketing on GM's part. I have to- So you're here for a pickup truck. (laughs) Uh, We can throw in the boat for $10,000 off, huh? But I think maybe my favorite product uh, unveiled at CES is this, the all-electric Bobcat compact track loader, the T7X. Hang on, hang on. Um, We've had all-electric skid steers before. No, 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 but those still had hydraulics. This does not. Then how does it work? Okay, so normally with like your typical Bobcat, it has an engine and that engine is powering the hydraulic motor. Right. And that's just pumping hydraulic fluid, building up a lot of pressure, and right. then you open valves to, to do stuff. So, right? Yeah. That takes about 50 gallons of hydraulic fluid, which is not, really? not, not the kind of stuff that you wanna just be throwing around. 50 gallons? 50 gallons of hydraulic fluid and, and usually a diesel motor, but even the all electric ones that we've seen up until this point have still had the 50 gallons of hydraulic fluid because it's just been, you just basically replace the diesel the, motor with right. an electric motor. Okay. This has done away with all the hydraulic systems. They've replaced everything with its with their own um, electric actuators. Oh, wow. That's cool. And that means that this thing is insanely quiet. Wow. Which 
I don't think that anyone has talked about. Everyone's kind of focused on like it's green, it's good for the environment. I just wanna, I just wanna put an idea out there. Just plant a little seed in your head. Nighttime <laughs> grading, okay? We come to your house, you don't even know we're here. Miss McGillicuddy, we can do this tonight while you're sleeping. All right, they come in, put on the night vision goggles, and then you could be grading all night long. No one would okay, hear a thing. Okay, this is why it's your favorite, because you want to start this company. You've been looking for excuses to wear your night vision goggles, and I'm this just is saying, it. I'm just saying, how cool would it be? Because you have other work happening during the day at a job site. No, but So get I, all this Bobcat work done I out of the you. way. But I mean, 50 gallons of hydraulic fluid versus, what did I read, one quart of eco-friendly coolant? Yeah. And I mean, talk about maintenance. Hydraulic systems are known for needing a lot of maintenance. Hoses burst right. and all that stuff. And it's dirty and messy because as soon as one hose breaks, yep. there starts to go your 50 gallons of hydraulic right. fluid. I mean, and you have to act fast to prevent it from just leaking out everywhere. And then so, you have to go buy all the hydraulic fluid. It's not fun. So this is why Sunbelt Rentals, one of the U.S.'s largest equipment rental companies with over a thousand locations, has committed to, quote, a significant investment in a large fleet of Bobcat T7Xs. Exactly. You have way less maintenance. It's just it's just a, a, a thing. Wow. I think we're getting closer to the point where because you're like, why do you love your cell phone so much? You don't. It's have not to, full of hydraulic fluid. You don't know. How, you don't have to fix anything with your phone unless you drop it, and that's your fault. It's just a thing. Right. You put a magic stick. You know, you put a magic cable into it, and it magically works. Um, you don't have to go like. No, that's a good point. Oh, I have to go get a hose for my phone. You don't have to think about any of that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We have a piece of large electric equipment outside, and because it's silent, I love using it. Right. And that goes for our cars, too. All right, so everyone's been talking about this story. A small startup in Michigan called Our Next Energy, a.k.a. One, replaced a Tesla Model S battery pack with their own and drove it 752 miles on a single charge. Basically, One used a 199.8 kilowatt hour pack of their own design using nickel, cobalt, manganese, cathode, and a graphite anode. Um, and their pack was 331 kilograms heavier. I have so much to say about this. Let's discuss this on Investor Club bonus stories this week. Yeah, because it touches a lot on battery investments. And yeah, I don't want to say too much here. It's just there's a lot to talk about. So yeah, head over to patreon.com slash now, you know, and join us on the Investor Club. You get access to all of our Investor Club bonus stories and all of our Patreon bonus stories, and to get the shout out. There's a lot of reasons why you might want to sign up for the Investor Club. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Now, we've been talking about Henson for a while now, and I've seen that a bunch of our viewers have picked one up for themselves. And it's so good to know that it's not just me who likes my Henson shaver. But since I've owned mine longer, I'm starting to appreciate just how long this box of 100 blades lasts. Yeah, and I really don't know for how much longer Henson is going to offer this. But if you order your Henson shaver and use the code now you know or click the link in the description, you can add that box of 100 blades for free at Henson Shaving. All right, so check this out, Jesse. Electric Utility National Grid has teamed up with the town of Melrose, Massachusetts, just a few towns away, uh, the California-based company Amp Up, EVSE, and Voltrek, and they installed 10 of these level two chargers throughout the town of Melrose. Um, those are just utility poles. Oh, hang on. Wait for it. See, so use the app to call for the charger to come down. Uh, these provide up to 9.6 kilowatts of power. Then when you're done charging, the cable simply retracts. Um, so I didn't... I didn't know that Melrose was like a CD place where you had to 
hide all the chargers away from everyone. I, I thought it was a nice town. I really did. I had no idea. No, that's not like because people are going to vandalize them. That's because the winter in Massachusetts is snowy, icy, horrible, right? And uh, the less stuff you have on the ground, the better. I mean, these are protected from the weather. Oh, and the plows. And the plows. Because... You don't want to plow hitting your EV charger. No, you do not. I mean, who hit the EV charger? <laughs> it's coming out of your paycheck, Ralph. And a big thank you to Plug and Play EV YouTube channel for filming this experience, uh, both in the summer and now in the winter. Yeah, check out the full videos on his channel. Um, we put the link down below. And I just want to discuss a few things here. So does this, first of all, I want to drive down to Melrose right now and yeah. check them out. Um, does this make sense to put them on utility balls? I mean, you got the power right there. Mm -hmm. So yep. it must be a pretty cheap installation. You got the pole already there. So it's right. not like you have to be like, oh, now there's a pole in my ah, chargers. <laughs> no one's worried about that. The looks a little bulky. A little bulky. I could go either way. Um, I bet they can get smaller over time. I, I think it's nice from a vandalism point of view. I mean, if you leave your car charged, obviously they can come cut the cord. But that's true with any EV. It's true of any EV and any charger. And now, what are they going to climb up the pole to... <laughs> James was here. Like, what? no, that's right. it's so that's kind of nice. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, reduce cost, uh, winter problems go away. The only problem I can see is that now you have to charge near a pole, like you're limited to wherever the poles are. But in Massachusetts, <laughs> there's a lot of poles, so many poles. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that this works great until um, the utilities do what they promised and and bury all the the power. That's utility probably poles. what's going to happen. <laughs> yep, it's taken them decades, but they're going to do it now. I love how that that's the, that's something that they promised to do and never they haven't yep. buried one anything. Yep. All right, it's time for going green. We're sponsored by EcoAir. Remember, you can get those new bumper stickers that say, please be patient, self-driving car. Or you can pick yourself up one of these awesome shirts and we carbon yeah. offset the manufacturing, the shipping and the life cycle of every product. Then we plant 10 trees for every order and we help cap a well with our friends of the Well Done Foundation. We try and make this like as best as we could possibly make it. And don't forget the light show. We're going to talk about that on Community Meal Time. All right. So the new governor of New York State, Kathy Hochul, she gave her first state of the state address. For those of you non-Americans, that's what governors do. Yep. And she called for 100 percent electric school buses by 2035. Woo! Now, I just want to remind everybody, uh -huh. that's only 13 years from now. I mean, like, yeah. it sounds like it's a long way away, but like we're already at 2022. Uh, she's also proposing legislation that would require all new school bus purchases be zero emissions by 2027. Uh-huh. What are, you, what are you confused about? She said all electric school buses by 2035, but then she said zero emissions by 2027. Right. So hydrogen. Hydrogen? I mean, how else are you going to be zero emissions? Well, I mean, I think you're right, but why would you want to put kids on a bus with a bomb on it? Well, um, no, no, no. They've they've tried really hard. They've made them really safe. You can shoot a you can shoot a, a gun. At uh, some of these hydrogen fuel tanks and they won't explode. But I'm old enough to know that no matter how you design something, something comes along and like, well, I don't know, like a train hits a bus, right? That would never happen. Uh, it did. And very sadly, two people died, but not the whole busload of kids. It didn't blow up like a bomb. If that were to happen with the hydrogen fuel cell on board, it might because I'm talking about the hydrogen tank itself. The hydrogen tank is full of compressed hydrogen. And as much as no one in the hydrogen world wants to talk about it, you don't want to do that if you can help it. Um, and well, and it, yeah, there have been some examples where um, you have a building and then um, there's no building and then there's no building anymore. That that building, by the way, you might think that that was that uh, hydrogen production plant that blew up. No, no. That was just a silicone like 
uh, plastics plant and it exploded because of a hydrogen leak. Um, then there's also this uh, hydrogen fueling station, which blew up. Um, so it does it does happen. Yeah. And I just think a school bus is the last place where you want that to happen, where it's going to be going over all sorts of bumps and dirt roads and train and tracks, train tracks and on the highway to take the kids to the to the museum. I, I just think this is one of those cases where Americans, again, until we experience something, we don't think it can come true. And so the first time this actually happens, and I hope it never does. But if it does, right. then we're going to go, why did we ever allow that? And then the NTSB will say, you can no longer do that. <laughs> I say don't do it to begin with. Right. Put electric parts on a bus, make it much safer. And so this is great news, though, by the way, because, yeah. I mean, as the American Lung Association national president and CEO Harold Wimmer said, close to 25 million kids ride to school every day in America on diesel powered school buses that emit millions of tons of pollution per year. The toxic pollution in diesel exhaust can harm children's brain development and respiratory health. Right. And the 25 million kids here, it's not like we just have the same 25 million kids and oh, all those kids out in whatever state you happen to not care about. No, 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 no. It's it's the whole country. And every year, the kid, the oldest kids, they they graduate and they go to college, you know, right. uh, or maybe they don't because their brains don't work so good because yeah. they had to sit on a smelly diesel bus. Yeah. And then there's new little children, little kindergartners stepping on the bus for the first time, yeah. breathing in those fumes and their brains are absorbing all the awful chemicals. Not a great thing that we no. do. And this is a great story, though, because it means that if New York, which is a giant state, is demanding this, then the industry is going to take notice and it's going to start happening faster. And I can see why the governor has demanded 2035. The school buses have lives. <laughs> right. They, they don't like go off out to parties and stuff, but not like the magic they, school. Bus. They last uh, a certain amount of time. Right, that's the, then you need to replace. Exactly. Them. And if we start to replace them with EVs starting around now, yep. then we can have all electric school buses by 2035. So I'm sorry, little children of today in New York. Uh, you're going to have to <laughs> and just everywhere. breathe it in for the next 12 years. But Suck it up. someday, <laughs> your kids won't have to. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So let's go to Thailand, where the world's largest floating solar farm is now operational. Nope. 100 and 145,000 panels floating on the Lam Dom Noi River near the Sarindhorn Dam. That's 45 megawatts of power, all from solar panels. Nope. What do you mean? Nope. Thailand's prime minister now says that Thailand can attain carbon neutrality by 2050 now instead of its earlier pledge of 2065. Nope. What do you mean? Nope. The, there's 70 soccer fields of floating solar panels that let light through them, but help save 460,000 cubic meters of water from being lost to evaporation every year. And because they're on water, they operate 15 percent more efficiently. Nope. What do you keep saying nope for? Because according to PV Magazine, China now has the world's largest floating solar array, 320 megawatts in Dezhu in China's Shangdong province. Huanang Power International, the company that installed it, says that this floating solar farm will produce 550 gigawatt hours of electricity every year. <laughs> Wait a minute. That sounds preposterously large. I mean, according to the EIA, the average U.S. resident uses about 11,000 kilowatt hours of electricity per year. So let's do some math. Mm -hmm. 550 gigawatt hours is enough electricity for, oh, for 50,000 people. No, that's, well, I mean, that's big, but. Yeah, I mean, do, do the math. 320 megawatts of solar panels means that at peak output, the system makes 320 megawatts of electricity. Say it can do that for about six hours a day for 300 days a year. That's about 550 gigawatt hours. So the math checks out. Wow. I mean, 
this is so much bigger than the one in Thailand. Right. And again, it's being used on a river. Um, and something that uh, you might not know is that rivers tend to evaporate a lot of no, stuff. No, I mean, you get and, two big benefits here. Yeah. The evaporation and the cooler solar panels means they're more efficient. Like it's a win-win-win. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, they're out on water, which could lead to corrosion, but it's not salt water. So right. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Hey, and if you want to go solar and uh, I don't think you want to put these on the lake, but put them on your house. Put them on your pool. You got questions, <laughs> right? And uh, call our friends at Energy Pal. They're the experts that are going to help you go solar for less. I want you to ask Energy Pal. I want to put solar on my lake and I just want to see what they say. I <laughs> Test uh, you, them. You might hear a hang up. I don't know. <laughs> All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Uh, this is a really important story. Um, Joaquin sent us this story and you're gonna wanna see it. Hello everyone, my name is Joaquin and I'm pretty sure that Tesla just saved my life. On December 1st, I was driving to get a gift for my significant other and I was sitting at a red light, light turned green and I drove like normal. Then it comes a car out of nowhere. It came from my left side when I looked over, all I saw was a grill, and next thing I know, I was asleep. I came to about 10 seconds later. Um, I felt massive pain in my head and my hand, <laughs> hand hurt as well. So bystanders came, they woke me up, um, they helped pull me out the car, and I was assisted over to the uh, sidewalk area. When I got there, I, I heard screaming. Now, me being a paramedic, um, I heard the screaming and I went to go see what was going on. It was the other driver, the person who hit me. They were screaming in pain um, due to HIPAA. I'm not going to share the specifics of the medical case, but she was, she was hurt. Um, the other driver was also hurt. I was the only person able to walk away from the incident, even though I was the person that was hit. Now, as you see in the video that I am playing here, I was T-boned. And uh, after the police officers arrived on the scene and spoke to the other individual, they said that the other person was going at least 20 miles per hour over the speed limit. Now, the speed limit in this area is 45 miles per hour, which means this person was going at least 65. They ran the red light, trying to make it through, whether they were on their phone or you know, distracted or not, the bottom line is they did something wrong. They then proceeded to tell the police officer that that's not what happened. They told the police officer that it was my fault. And this is me after providing first aid to them until the actual EMS arrived. Thankfully, Tesla has this, which is a little flash drive that goes into the glove box. And we all know it as whether it's called sensory mode footage or dash cam. Bottom line is it's a Tesla. Never lie when you hit a Tesla. I was able to play back all the footage for the police officer, and he was able to quickly see that it was not my fault. Interestingly, prior to that, it was he said, she said, and all the bystanders, after taking out their phones and recording what happened, they left. They didn't stick around. So it was literally he said, she said, and the police officer was initially challenging me. But once I presented him with this, well, <laughs> no more challenging that. I believe that had I been in a different vehicle, I might not have survived that. I went up, did a quick Google search and I found some other crashes of incidents where it was almost identical to mine. The drivers often were, were severely injured or did not survive at all. The fact that I was able to walk away with just this as an injury, a broken finger, is truly incredible. 
my insurance company, um, after everything, offered my rental car. I declined because there was no uh, Teslas available. Now, personally, I don't feel safe in any vehicle other than a Tesla. If you're a driver on the road today, please stay vigilant, stay off your phone, focus on what's going on. But more specifically, realize you are driving a giant metal death trap. Now, maybe one day these cars will be full self-driving, hopefully very soon, to the point at which this conversation becomes irrelevant. But please, pay attention. And lastly, I'd like to thank Tesla for making safety the number one priority in product design. Also, I'd like to thank you, Zach and Jesse, because without you, I wouldn't have even known of Tesla in the first place. I am starting a YouTube channel that is reviewing disruptive technologies. There's a couple of videos up there now, but those are just some of the early ones. There's plenty to come, so please subscribe if you can, check out the videos we have currently, and be ready because there's a lot coming. Back to you, Zach and Jesse. Now you know. Wow. I just think we need to take a breath there. Um, first of all, if he had been driving any other car, would he be alive? Second of all, if he had been driving any other car, would anyone have believed him that it was not his fault? I am just, I really want to talk to him. Uh, I really want to go visit him. Mm -hmm. uh, you should definitely go check out his YouTube channel. It sounds like he's going to be making a lot of cool content. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure it was a really difficult story to tell. I'm just so glad that you're okay. I mean, I'm sad that your arm got damaged, but like good on you for what? 10 seconds after I come to, to jump out of the car and go help other people. Like the you're an amazing person. Me, I, I don't think that that would happen to me. And he brings up a really good point, which is after an accident, I think the same thing too. Like, oh, well, people got this covered, you know, um, you know, someone's got a video or whatever, but they're all gone, first Man. of all. And second of all, like no one got a video of it happening. Your right. car did luckily, but like right. people just say whatever they say, like, oh, I think it was his fault. Right. I mean, the fact that he could pull out the stick, give it to the police officer and be like, dude, not my fault. Right. Um, what if, what if on top of the horrible accident, the police have been like, yeah, you're coming down to the station with us. Like, right. I'm just so glad this turned out the way it did. Thank you for sharing the story. This is why we do the show. Um, you're not going to hear about this for some reason on the mass media because they just don't want to tell that story. I mean, car traveling 61 miles an hour hits you in the driver's side and you have a broken finger. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that you're okay. And I'm so glad that you stuck to your guns and you're not going to drive another car. Like good, I good, good for you, man. Completely understand. You might be saying, "Oh, lightning doesn't strike twice." It's actually actually do. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Uh, and I know this wasn't lightning, but uh, anything that happens in a particular place yeah. is likely to happen again. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. If you'd like to share some stories with us, send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We'd really like to see them. All right, it's time now for our Patreon bonus stories. We do this every single week. This is for our patrons over on Patreon.com/slash now you know. You support us for as little as a buck a month, and you get access to all of our Patreon stories um and we do this uh you know every week so yeah what, what are we talking about this week uh we're talking about daymac ah! harley davidson live wire versus a tesla model s plaid and no you know what if they want to know they can go sign up hmm. it's just a dollar um and I, it, it's good i promise you it's good All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. Who do we got this week? Just we got Hellas Near, Jason Liang, David, Robert Walter, Hunter T. Chapman, Egg Rollington, Kevin Jones, Electrified Ice, Bare Bones, Evil Bob, Richard Haywood, Paul Robinson, Stan Ivanov, Wanstone, Rod Dietz, Electric Future, Neil Cowdell, Michael Neagle, 
Dennis Balak, Neil Trakrabarty, Larry Gable, Timothy Aaron, Eric Johnson, and Paul Landino. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. And we can't do it without Elon's tweets. And uh, Jack tweeted out some hacks. And then Elon said, reminds me when I hex edited Ultima V to get out of the final maze. <laughs> okay. Okay. But what this is, is the first Bitcoin transaction from 13 years ago. Three years ago, way back in 2019, Elon said, Raptor just achieved power level needed for Starship and Super Heavy. Design requires at least 170 metric tons of force. Engine reached 172 metric tons and 257 bar chamber, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Fast forward to today. Yes. Raptor 2 now operates routinely at 300 bar main chamber pressure. So uh, see that it went up. Quite a bit. Yes. Wow. Massimo says the world just set a record for sending the most rockets into orbit. The total number of global launch attempts has doubled during the last decade. In 2021, a total of 144 orbital launches were attempted, of which 133 were successful. Elon says tonnage to orbit is more fundamental metric. He, this, is, this is like when your teacher that you had in high school kept saying the same thing like every day and you're like, whatever. And then 20 <laughs> years later, you're like, oh, that's why it kept trying to get into my brain. Yep. Elon, me sharing a meme that I know will make at least one person genuinely happy. It ain't much, but it's honest work. World of Engineering said the Earth is almost never shown like this. And in the meantime, this is our planet from the side of the Pacific Ocean. Elon said... Earth should be called water. <laughs> Makes sense. Scott Adams says, I'm not saying the people working in technical fields are smarter than people who work in marketing, but it's worth noting that Elon does the job of an entire marketing department by tweeting while he shits. World of Engineering said, any idiot can build a bridge that stands, but it takes an engineer to build a bridge that barely stands. And Elon tweeted out nice, which was actually corresponding to the day he got 69 million followers. Nice. Elon said, Starlinks with lasers deployed to orbit. Uh-oh. Lasers? lasers. Freaking laser beams. No, these are just informational Informational laser lasers. Uh, <laughs> that's how it starts. That's very good. Black Model 3 said, full self-driving beta 10.8 is the best version we've had yet. Mind-blowing. Elon said beta 10.9 should be ready in about a week. Beta 11 with single city highway software stack and many other architectural upgrades probably next month. So that's exciting. Elon tweeted out this meme of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien saying the elites don't want you to know this, but the ducks at the park are free. You can take them home. I have 458 <laughs> ducks. Is that true? Did he actually say that? <laughs> Elon tweeted out this video of the Starship launch and catch tower. Lex Friedman said this chopsticks tower is one of the wildest engineering designs ever. Can't wait to see it catch Starship. I totally yeah. agree with you, Lex. And then he went on to say, 15 years ago, Steve Jobs unveiled the first iPhone. Now there's 6.3 billion smartphone users. Tech adoption has been incredibly fast and it's getting faster. This can either help humanity or destroy it. Both outcomes should be considered with every new thing we build. Elon said, mind-blowing that over 80% of humans have a smartphone. Now, I saw some recent data. I think it's 91% of humans have it. Results of the poll, what did we ask this week? We asked if you were excited about the Chevy Silverado. Most people... We're not excited about it, but I don't think you know all the stats. Yeah, we got to talk about this on in depth. We're uh, talk about it. In you depth. should be excited. It's, look, I don't like. And Chevy. I know I'm saying Chevy and excited in the same sentence, but, but you're gonna have to take a look. I yeah, and we'll we'll get to it. We'll figure it out. All right, it's time for community mail time. 
Remember, you can send in your stories and pictures to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We got Balaz from Sweden who sent us this light show he made. Unfortunately, because of copyright, we can't play the music, but it does look awesome. We'll put a link in the description if you want to check it out. Even more better than that, Patrick downloaded our Tesla light show, Veldic Transport. You can too. You can watch how we did it and then go to EcoWare to pay what you want to get your copy, which all goes to support our new 501c3 nonprofit, Now We Act. Doesn't that song sound cool? have that in your car too just head over to ecoware elaine showed us this black and yellow model three mm-hmm. paul was talking about this problem on the model x he's like uh how are they going to show you full self-driving on the vertical screen they don't show it to you on the vertical screen they show it to you on your driver binnacle uh manuel sent us these pics of an all gray wrapped model three nice. very cool matt spotted my rivian arc one t <laughs> in south lake town square in texas he also spotted this khaki colored model s in Carrollton, texas and a white plaid in Carrollton. and then at lastly he was driving to the dallas county tax office he got to park in a designated low emissions parking spot but hmm mm-hmm. I don't think that Silverado qualifies, although we just did pre-order the EV version. That is not the EV version. So get out of the parking space. Fred wanted to make sure that we all saw this. What is this? That is a Tesla Model 3 police vehicle in Honolulu, Hawaii. Very nice. Our buddy Kevin in Colorado shared this video about the devastating fire in Superior. Zach and Jesse, on December 30th, 2021, a wildfire broke out between the cities of Lafayette and Superior, Colorado. The wildfire was driven eastward by 100 mile an hour winds until it reached into the Superior area with devastating results. Over 1,000 homes and businesses like this hotel were damaged or completely destroyed. The Tesla store and service center received extensive damage to the building. This was a tragedy that affected so many lives here in Colorado, in Boulder County. Now you know. Yeah, Kevin also shared these photos of the west and south side of the Tesla building. Our hearts go out to all the people who were affected by this fire. All right, it's time for Supercharged Reviews. Let's see what's out there this week. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Hi. My name's John and this is Helen and we are in Lincoln City, Oregon. Uh, we got our brand new Tesla and this is the first time we've done a supercharger and it's great. Uh, we're at the outlet malls in Lincoln City and as you can see here, there's I don't think nine or eight bays and there's been a lot of people in and out and uh, we're at the back side of the outlet mall. In uh, the front side, there's tons of stores. We had some great coffee. We ended up spending money on things we didn't need here <laughs> as, and as Helen got her little toy. Uh, and I, obviously it's our first experience at Supercharger Station, but we think it's great because we got coffee, there's food, we got shopping. So, you know, this is the back, but not being... Not being uh, at a supercharger before, I think it's pretty darn good. So we'll probably get it, give it an 8 out of 10. Thank you. Now you know. <laughs> Hello, Zach and Jesse. I am at the new Pigeon Forge supercharger. It's 12 stations, has 250 kilowatts of charging. It is located several miles away from the I-40 interstate. So this is not really good for traveling on the interstates. 
but it is good if you're staying and uh, vacationing here in Pigeon Forge, Gallenberg, Sevierville area. It's inside a strip mall and I'll take you a look around the strip mall. That's across the street, that Ferris wheel, but it's in a very touristy location. This is a huge swing ride there. You can, they'll drop you and you can swing from the poles there. There's a new restaurant coming in here in September, opens up in September, Guy Fierro's restaurant. It'll have a bowling alley in it. Also, there's some shopping like REI, uh, Nike shoe outlet. Um, there's some places to eat. A, uh, there's even a distillery that has like old smoky liquor and pizza place, some ice, an ice cream place. Uh, nice area to sit down uh, even fire pits around the area and uh, some a patch of AstroTurf, a couple of patches of AstroTurf so you could, your kids can play if that's uh, what you need to do. But yeah, I give this uh, probably 9 out of 10 stars. Wish there was a fast food restaurant nearby and also some more convenient restrooms, but um, I guess you'll have to use the restroom inside the stores or the, the restaurants there. Alright, well, now you know. Hi guys, Will Silvers here from the Driver Mojo channel. We're here in the, the racing, racing capital, capital of the of world, world, Speedway, Indiana. It's one of the newest supercharger facilities right here at the get-go gas station. Prominently displayed right at the main road, conveniently located right off of 465, which is our Inter local interstate right around here there is a plethora of uh, fast food options as well as hotel there's a hotel immediately behind and over here we've got some chipotle and starbucks uh on the other side we're we're flanked by denny's taco bell and uh, if you're like me and you've got a an electric scooter in the back hatch of your leaf uh your range is even more so that you've got even more options going from there but uh, love the show, Zach and Jesse. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. We're here in Las Vegas at the Grand Central uh, Parkway Supercharger. I think there are about eight stalls. Uh, it's charging up pretty fast. There's a mall. You want to show the mall? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you do have to pay $5 if you're not a Nevada resident. You have to pay $5 to get into this lot. And the lot's kind of pushed to the far corner of the mall, so you have to walk a bit. And it's 104 degrees right now, but... It's a nice building. Yeah. You can get a view of the spire over there. And uh, there's a Starbucks in the mall. I think there are two ones closed right now. Anyway, yeah. it's working pretty good. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to upload your own, you can head over to nowyouknowchannel.com and you can view all the Supercharger Reviews that have ever been made and you can upload your own. It's free. We do that for you. It is free. Yeah. Uh, what do we got for new Superchargers this week? Just two. Just two? We got the eight stall in Lano, Texas. And we got the eight stall in Canoe Creek, Florida. That's it. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Patreon giveaway. If you want to get into this big barrel of fun, you know what to do. Join us on Patreon. The more you support us, the more chances you have to win. You could win this week a $30 gift card to EcoWare where you can get cool shirts and pillows and honey and mugs. Who's the winner? The winner is Darren R. Edwards. Congratulations, Darren. You're going to get that gift card to EcoWare. Thank you so much for watching to the end of the show. We had like the longest and awesomest investor club bonus stories this week and patreon bonus stories this week so if you want to help the show and get a lot of awesome content i think if you add up both 
the two Patreon, uh, the two Investor Club bonus stories and the Patreon bonus stories, you would get another hour of content. And not just like an hour of content. Like you might just be like, well, that's just time. Um, some valuable stuff in there. I mean, if I can oh, yeah. say it myself. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're not like holding out on you, but this show can only be so long. It's already way too long. Right. Um, and we need to split it up and put it into different sections. So that's why we did that. And we allowed for our patrons to help support this show. And speak, speaking of bringing you more value, uh, head on over to EcoWare. Pay what you want for our Tesla light show. So if you have a Tesla or a friend with a Tesla, mm-hmm. this is a great little like gift. Um, because go, go out, buy the cheapest USB stick you can mm-hmm. find because it needs to be like less than a gigabyte. Put our song on it um, with the light show. And you can just give it to your friend. Say, put this in your car. And then play the light show that's a that's a present right there that's a really good present really good gift and it could cost you basically nothing and make a video of it and send it into us because i want to show it to everyone and all the money that you do pay us you can say and i helped actually all the proceeds went to a nonprofit. so that you could say and i donated you know 10 20 bucks to charity i'm so glad that years ago we wrote that song because i was kind of bummed after we wrote it and tesla was like we're not gonna we're not interested um now it's being played in teslas all around the world i mean look at patrick in sweden he's playing it it's playing around the world i would have had to pay someone in sweden to do that (laughs) so thank you patrick and and thank you to everyone who has helped support us so yeah head over to ecoware and and pick that song up because uh yeah we wrote it just about tesla and thank you to those who did and are paying a little bit something for it because it's really helping out with our nonprofit. i'm so excited to actually i mean that money we're just pouring money out of that nonprofit for a while now we're actually able to put some money back into it so thank you for doing that all right well we will see you next week as we always do now Now you know. know